Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's wonderful to be back with you again this week. And today we are going to talk about cycles, natural cycles. We are living in a world that seems to be experiencing a lot of anger, a lot of turmoil, a lot of fast-pacedness. Technology is speeding us up faster and faster, and there seems to be no end in sight in terms of slowing down. But perhaps that's exactly what we need to do. Nature doesn't try to speed itself up. It goes according to its own rhythm, its own cycles. It follows something that is going on that is stemming from the cosmos. And yet somehow we have forgotten that we are part of that rhythm. We are part of that nature. My guest today is Dr. Pia Orleon, and she is... Uh, the author of Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. It is a wonderful book that really helps for an individual to understand, not only if they're male or female, but both, that we have a feminine nature, we have a cycle, we have a natural rhythm, and that it is time to start listening to what that natural rhythm is. Feminine principles are central to our homes, our communities. Women are the natural creators of life. When women's cycles are ignored, controlled, or denied, they are far-reaching, harmful effects, not only for women themselves, but for all of us as we detach from nature. Ignoring or suppressing women's natural cycles contributes to the increase of stress and illness, the deepening of sadness and depression, and greater separation in relationships. Patriarchal misconceptions have imprinted themselves into women's consciousness as the truth, but all too often, patriarchal thinking is linear. It is concrete, rigid, and stifling, and it blocks us in and paves us over. In contrast, the divine feminine moves in spirals that incorporates new information moment by moment and changes accordingly. The energy of the divine feminine is fluid, flexible, creative, and nurturing. It is time to heed the call of the divine feminine and heal our relationships, all of them, through living in harmony with nature. This is from the book Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life by Pia Orlean. She is, uh, again, the author of this book, and she has been the author of several books with her husband as well, Colin Baird. She is an author, lecturer, and former practicing psychologist, the recipient of an international award from Saybrook University for her research on the importance of natural cycles for life, and she travels the world giving talks on the value of the divine feminine and the natural cycles. Welcome, Pia, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Simran. I'm very delighted to be with you and your audience at this time. It's an important topic to have right now. And, you know, if you look out in the landscape of workshops and self-help and personal growth or even leadership, there are not a whole lot of people that are running around telling people to stop and slow down. It actually is the opposite. They're trying to give them ways to be faster, to stay more in tune, to find bigger audiences, to do more, more, more. But yet that goes completely in opposition to our nature and to the purposes of which we came. Talk a little bit about, um, first of all, the difference between um, time versus cycles or how they relate and how we are to use these two in terms of returning back to our natural ways of being. Well, one of the things that I promote in the book is the understanding that we are living under an artificial calendar, an artificial sense of time that has to be adjusted every four years in what we call leap year. We schedule everything according to a calendar that's not even real. It's based upon some kind of structure that has no relationship with nature whatsoever. Original calendar consciousness was designed by women to help men and women understand the natural time for doing everything in its appropriate cycle. And that was divined by women's having cycles in accordance with their bleeding. So they knew when it was time to be in the community and active and outgoing, and they knew when it was time to retreat and receive inspiration and guidance and clear out things that were no longer working in their lives. We don't do that anymore. What we do now is we schedule Monday through Friday for work, And then on Saturday, we usually run errands or catch up with everything that we haven't done during the week. And then on Sunday, 
it's either a family day or a church day or we decide we're going to rest or have some recreation, but we fill that up with the things we didn't get done Monday through Saturday all too often. So there is no honoring of a time for a natural retreat under any system in our current society. And when we're talking about even that type of rest, even if we do get a few hours here or there and kind of plug that into the business of the day, it's never enough to actually allow the body to go into a full state of relaxation either. And so when we're looking at these times of rest or these cycles where we we kind of retreat back into ourselves, about how long would you say it takes for us to even touch or taste what that type of relaxation or rhythm might feel like? I think it's individual. For each individual person, they have their own set point for knowing when it comes in. The reason that I use women's monthly cycles is because that's a biological guidance that happens automatically. But Without looking at that aspect, just looking at finding the set point for when we need to, oh, this is what it takes for me to rest and regenerate, I would say you can use the example of going on vacation and you save up all your rest time till you get to vacation and then when you get on vacation, you suddenly crash and you're ill because you haven't allowed any time to rest or recuperate. It's a bit like planting a seed in the ground and saying you have five minutes to rest and regenerate and then you have to grow. That's what our little bit of time here and there does in our natural cycles. It's like giving it a taste of something, but not enough to really set it in. I think if we allow ourselves time to rest without any kind of limitation on it, just I'm going to rest, then we can discover what the natural set point is for each of us individually. And when we stop in those moments and that kind of crash and burn happens or that illness pops up, uh, or even if someone decides to do what you're, what you mentioned in the book, where they they really do retreat a little bit during their blood cycle, their moon cycle, um, what tends to occur psychologically, physically, initially as we go back into rhythm? Depends on how much we have fought being in that rhythm, or in how much we have tried to align ourselves with false values of society. If we have tried to align ourselves with values that do not honor our own natural cycles and our own inherent body wisdom, then there can be huge repercussions of a vast grief or anger or all kinds of emotional things that rise to the top all of a sudden because we realize at some level we've not been being true to who we are. That can be one thing that manifests. Another thing that can manifest is that the body simply says, yes, this is what I've needed. Thank you. Thank you. And we suddenly start having more flow in our lives because we're honoring what it needs. Again, it's a very individual choice from the body and the mind and the emotions as to how it's going to manifest as we realign ourselves. Now, in the book, you talk about the the moon cycle and, and you did a study where you had women step back and even during that time, create a sacred space for themselves so that they slept separately, they allowed for dream time, they allowed for healing, they allowed for intuition, they allowed for their natural rhythm to talk to them. When women do that, when women go into a place of approaching their moon cycle, approaching um, the sacredness of our blood, talk a little bit about why that's important and why women did that in ancient times, what the purposes of that was. Well, I'll start with the ancient traditions, and that is that women who were aligned with the earth and earth-based cultures understood that the purification time for the bleeding was not just about getting out old blood that was not used to formulate a child or to make a bed for a child to grow. It was also a time that was used to purify any toxic emotions, any negative thoughts, any disruptions in our relationships, anything that wasn't working in our lives. So they had a totally different view of what it meant to go into a time of retreat for the purposes of purification. And in honoring the possibility of purifying everything on all levels, that opened up after the purification a space for creative guidance, insight, spiritual guidance, sort of a breathing out all the toxins and then a space in between and then you breathe in all the things that set your life straight and help us to get back on track again. So that was the ancient idea. 
As for what women can expect today, I can address this from the terms of my study. And I had a broad range of women who decided to participate in this study of sleeping separately only during their menstrual cycle from loving, supportive partners who are willing to participate in this experiment. And I interviewed both women and men after the end of the entire seven-month project. And what I heard from both the women and the men is thank you. Now uh, we know why we've not been communicating. Now we know why we've been mad at each other. Now we're able to talk about things we've not been able to talk about for years. Our sexuality is better. Or I'm having more creative insight. I know how to resolve things. Or I've got creative projects going. Or my spiritual intuition has increased. That is what women can ultimately expect when they do this process. But it's not just the women. It's the men and the lives with the women who benefit from this process also. Now, I know that when you talked about men and women in ancient times or, or the study that you've done, in them separating, it leads to better relationships and communication and creativity um, on both sides, particularly yep. of the women in their intuition and that sort of thing. What is it about uh, the emotions that come up and are able to release that allow for greater partnership that we've kind of lost sight of in terms of the current stance of, of male-female relationships or the patriarchy that exists? Women have been pegged or put in a hole of being the caregivers for the family, the nurturers, the ones who have to make everything okay. So often what happens in a relationship is that something will move into a state of discord or disharmony and the woman will speak up and say, listen, this is making me unhappy or this doesn't seem right to me or whatever. And then the man will become angry or not want to listen or something will happen that he doesn't respond to what she is saying. And when that happens, most times, women just suppress it. They stick it back down because we have been trained to be the peacekeepers. We have been trained that if we speak up, if we get angry, if we push the river a little too much, we may jeopardize the whole family. So women actually have been trained by society. to They could speak up a little bit, but if it's not well received, then they better back off because otherwise there's this threat that everything that they value can be all of a sudden taken away. So the emotional repercussions of feeling the truth of being angry or sad about something that is very real happening in the woman's life gets suppressed. When she starts honoring her cycles and she does something such as the study I mentioned or simply taking time off at a deeper level to be able to look at why she's unhappy and be able to balance it more fully within herself, then she can bring more constructive ways to change the problem into the relationship, or she may even see that the relationship is not as valuable as she thought it was. But there's a space to be able to feel that and to know the truth of it in your own heart and in your own body. Now, if we look at the things that are going on today, if we look at the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, if we look at different issues that women have faced where there is this rising up that's taking place. Is that the repression that is coming up so strongly? And in that, is there a place that actually women perhaps should step back a little bit to allow what's really being felt before this rising up happens? What's your view on that based on the studies that you've had and based on the regulation back into a natural cycle? Well, I think, Simon, we're in a pendulum swing You can look at the Gloria Steinem period when women were burning their bras and saying me too in a different language, a different vernacular, but it's the same movement. I think the pendulum swings from one end where there's extreme repression to where women don't take it anymore and all of a sudden there's a swing to the other end of I'm not going to do this, I'm going to do this. But it's a pendulum swing. It's not a place of harmony and balance. And I think the pendulum swing is probably necessary, but I think we can do it in a more healthy way. So the things like the Me Too movement now or the speaking out against the sexual abuses that have been happening that have been brought to light recently, all of these things are appropriate and important, but we're not allowing the space to be angry or to grieve what has happened before we speak out. So therefore, we're sometimes not expressing all that needs to be said as fully and as functionally as we need to because we haven't spent any real emotional time with the issue. We just follow that pendulum swing and get angry and say, I'm not taking this without really taking in, okay, I'm not going to take it, and what can I do to change it? 
Pia Orlean is the author of the groundbreaking work, Sacred Retreat, which explains how returning to honoring cycles of nature can bring peace to the world. Sacred Retreat is available worldwide. The Global Peace Initiative of Women says this about the Sacred Retreat. It's an insightful guide on how humanity can return again to balance, a profound instruction manual. From the book, rather than accepting the inevitability of cycles in life, patriarchal cultures encourage learning from past mistakes and moving forward. But history never actually repeats itself exactly. Each moment has a different energy, and we ourselves are different in each moment. Therefore, learning from history only reinforces the mistakes we previously made, keeping us locked into old beliefs and old patterns of behavior when we should be responding to the new creative energy of the present moment. There is no freedom to feel the energy that is present now and respond accordingly if we are focused on a past that has already happened or a future that has not yet arrived. Again, this is from Dr. Pia Orlean's book, Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. You can find out more about her, about her book and her services. She is also an astrological consultant. She does chartings on relationship, children's potential, shadow cycles, and offers continued guidance and intuitive readings. You can find out more about her at piaorlean.com. That's P-I-A-O-R-L-E-A-N-E.com. That's P-I-A-O-R-L-E-A-N-E.com. We'll be right back with Dr. Pia Orlean after these messages. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. I invite you to explore this month's issue of 1111 Magazine. It is out and always free. You can go to 1111mag.com and read any of the archived issues. 
you will find introductions to some amazing individuals across the globe that are sharing their wisdom, their hearts, their love, their words through the magazine, and you may tap into their gifts, their skills, and find other teachers that perhaps will support you on your own path. So definitely partake in that magazine. If you are too busy to sit down and read the digital issue that is always free, there is also an audio version of the magazine, and you can sign up for that with the addition of meditations, life coaching, and audio intention statements for $97 for the year. You can click on the banner on my website or on my radio page to find out more about that. My guest today is Dr. Pia Orlean, and she has co-authored two books with her husband, Colin Baird-Smith. Those works were Conversations with Larkma, A Pleiadian View of the New Reality, and Remembering Who We Are, Larkma's Guidance on Healing and the Human Condition. Pia and Cullen Baird-Smith work with individuals on interstellar communication, along with Pia's work in astrology, where she supports individuals on integrating uh, with a new style of astrology, astrology, and she can work with relationships, with couples, with children, uh, with life overviews in any way that you wish to know more about yourself. You can find out more at piaorlean.com. Today, we are discussing her book, Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life, and it is a beautiful book. Just even in the reading of it, you will find yourself wanting to breathe a little bit deeper, to slow down a little bit more, and to really take time to look at your life and see how you've bought into the paradigms, the beliefs, and the patterns of other people and gotten out of your own natural cycle and rhythm. From the book, although cycles are evident throughout the universe, it's curious that one of the most obvious cycles on Earth, the woman's monthly bleeding cycle, is often minimalized, controlled, or even ignored in the West, as are natural hormonal cycles in men. Ignoring these cycles or trying to control or suppress them, as we do sometimes even with birth control pills, is an act that removes us from nature and from the balance that is inherent in cycling as a part of Earth. We become out of balance when we argue with or ignore Mother Nature. Welcome back, Pia. I want to go back to the conversation around blood. There have been so many different views in regard to blood. We've had times where the blood cycle was revered. We've had times where we were taught that it was dirty. And then there are times in, in history where men envied the blood cycle so much. You write about that in the book that they would even cut themselves to even have that blood uh, drip down to the the point where we use it as a place of dominance in war and the amount of bloodshed that can happen as a symbol to feel like a power. Talk a little bit about our views of blood and how we return to viewing blood as something more sacred and its connection in terms of our own fear of death. That's a good question, and thank you for bringing it to the forefront of our conversation. There's a very different perspective on blood from the male viewpoint and the female viewpoint because of cultural differences. Females, women who have blood, usually understand that blood is a powerful significator for either new life coming in or life going out, meaning life and death. It's the actual cycle of all life, life leading to death, life being born again. All of those things are present in a woman's awareness because she has that blood every single month as a reminder and an awareness. Men, on the other hand, generally view blood only as something is wrong, something is from an injury, or something is from war or killing or death. They don't have the other aspect of blood bringing in new life. So therefore, it becomes very polarized, and it becomes a source of power to look at blood as, I've got more strength. Look how many men I can make bleed. Look how many men I can hurt in war. Subconsciously, of course, I'm not saying men do this naturally, that that's their natural way of being. It's a subconscious thing that's been implanted by the society. But at the same time, even though that's going on with the societal press for looking at blood as a source of power over others, there's also this deep fear of blood because if a man sees blood, he thinks, "Uh uh-oh, something's wrong. So therefore, if he has a bleeding wife or partner, he automatically assumes something's wrong, she's not okay, she's not doing something, something's not right. Even if he intellectually understands, it's a biological process that happens once a month, and he understands all the mental concepts of what that means, there's still this sub 
subconscious thing in the male psyche of she's bleeding, she's not okay, she's weak, she's sick, there's something wrong. And that's what we have to correct by beginning to look at blood from a more holistic viewpoint of recognizing that blood is the entire life cycle. It's how we arrive and it's how we die. It's both. It's connected. You know, when we when we look at the news, especially as of late where we've seen the killings that have taken place in Florida, and we think about, you know, guns and, and how blood is spilled in so many places, and, and men have been the ones that have kind of had to do, do that. They've been the hunter-gatherer. They have been the ones that have always had to kill for whatever need, whether it was protection or whether it was um, dominance. That was something that always took place. As we look at our children that we're raising and, and the return to normalcy, to natural rhythm that must take place really for our species to even survive at this point. What is it that we can do in regard to children to to help them understand a greater sense of our naturalness, a greater sense of sacredness and honor for these different cycles, for our women and our girls, young girls, to understand that our cycle is something to be treasured and celebrated as opposed to being hidden Do you have any suggestions just based on your research and your study as to how we could change what's happening with the future generations as opposed to just, you know, trying to change ourselves and and, and focusing on ourselves, but really instilling something different in those generations? I do have some very strong ideas on that. And I, I basically would say we have to change some cultural myths. First of all, the myths that define who we are and what we have to do are the starting point for choosing how we identify aspects around blood, ideas around cycles to our children. We don't identify them correctly at the very beginning. So we have to start re-examining the myths that we believe to be true and ask whether they're really true. And that starts with helping children understand that we have choice. Everything we do is a choice. We can have a choice to react to someone or to take a step back and respond to someone in a more balanced way. We have to start teaching our children that there are repercussions for every choice that they make as well. It's called having a balanced system of logical consequences. Our children don't understand that there are logical consequences with their actions. They may be punished by their parents or have privileges taken away, but they don't learn the concept of natural consequences. So therefore, they don't understand that being out of harmony with nature has a natural consequence of aggression, competition, greed, all the things the grown-ups deal with, war, poverty, All of those things come from not honoring the logical consequence of what happens when we separate ourselves from nature. So we need to take our children into nature more and let them see how nature actually works rather than taking them to the grocery store and they look at the milk and think it comes in a carton instead of understanding the cycle the cow goes through to produce the milk. We need to help them understand real cycles of life and how we are part of nature ourselves. We need to stop promoting Little League, things that are competitive in nature. Our our culture in America is full of competition. My child is better than your child. My child is number one. My kid's team did better than your kid's team. All of that is competition. And the logical consequence of competition is that somebody is always a loser. And it's those who wind up feeling like they're losers that become the problems in society because they don't feel they are a part of society. They are the ones who become the more problematic ones who can turn to rape or breaking in or theft or anything like that because they never fit in anyway. And we're doing that because we're teaching our children that they're better than somebody else. We also give our little boys toy guns, and that's promoting it's okay to kill. So we need to look at the cultural myths that tell us It's okay to do what we're doing with our children because they're not all very healthy and supportive of returning to nature and being kind to one another for the highest good of all. Now, for a a mother that's listening to you right now and thinking, okay, I really want this for my child. I want to change the cultural myths. But I live in a place where, you know, school is everything, where, where this conditioning is taking place, where you know, it is all about competition or we don't have um, too much close by that would 
would align with the same principle. So how do I be that different cog in this wheel? Do you have any suggestions for those individuals? I would say start with teaching in the home. The outer circumstances of school and competitive sports is not going to promote that kind of switch. But if we start teaching at a young age in our home and teach the children, now when you get into the world, there will be competitive sports. But your job is to always remember that everyone wins when we work together and it's just a game. And if you lose, you need to be kind to the people who won. And if you win, you need to be kind to the people who won. It doesn't matter. You need to be kind all the way around and not make it a look at me, I won, and the other team's bad. So starting to teach the child in the home that everyone wins when we're kind to one another and that it's just a game. It's not I'm better than someone else if I win is a good starting point. And teaching a child that when you do really well in school, that's great, but someone who's not doing so well could use your help because they have skills that you may not have. Teaching them that balance that everyone has special gifts and to not view themselves as better than or needing to be better than someone else will help change the whole paradigm of competition. When we're talking about cycles and rhythms and having this new way of life, it's not really belief that you're talking about. Throughout the book, there's a great sense that it is more about moving into a space of integration and trust. In moving into that trust, part of what has to be looked at is how we've allowed ourselves to move into places of belief. And one of the biggest areas does tend to be religion. Can you speak about the distinction between religion and spirituality and that relationship when it comes to to moving from conditioning into our natural cycles. One of the biggest problems I have with organized religion is that organized religion believes that there is an intercessor between the person and God. I view that we are all divine and that we all have divine connection to source, wherever we call source God or Mother Earth or whatever we call God or source or the higher universe, we have a direct connection to that wisdom. If we put an intercessor in place, it says that we don't have the power or the intelligence to be able to communicate with God or source directly. So that's one of the biggest problems I have with with organized religion. Religions all have a hierarchy and a dogma, a set of rules that you must follow in order to be considered good, and a set of things that you're not supposed to do or you'll be considered bad. Well, it's fine to have societal guidelines that come through religion. But the judgment that goes along with it about whether some person is good or bad is not a spiritual way to look. There's a much more spiritual view to see someone is out of alignment, they're out of harmony, they're out of balance because they don't understand, they're ignorant, they've missed a point. Allowing us to have compassion, which is a highly spiritual value. Having compassion for ourselves when we make mistakes and having compassion for someone else who makes a bad choice rather than judging them and saying, well, they're going to hell or being afraid of ourselves that we have messed up so badly that we're going to hell. Hell, in my opinion, is what we do when we don't recognize the logical consequences of our choices and when we compete against and separate ourselves from our brothers and sisters. We are all divine. We all are here to make the earth more harmonious, and we can't hide under a system that allows some intercessor, whether it's a preacher, a priest, whatever form he is, to say, I am the one that helps you get to God. We have to abandon that and let natural spirituality step in where we say, okay, I will take the valuable aspects of the religion that I have chosen, but I will not allow it to govern who I am or my own divine connection with source. Right in the beginning of the book, you talk about one of the ways to start moving back into that process. And it sounds like, even in your speaking of religion versus spirituality, that it is the contemplative life. It is it is allowing ourselves to take time from time to time to step back, to realize what's coming up in terms of those beliefs and those emotions. And one of the ways you say to start in the beginning of the book has to do with our breathing. And you say that it is also a cyclical process. Talk about what our breathing illustrates to us about us. Our breathing is our very connection to our conscious awareness that we are here in a form, a physical form, an emotional form, a mental form, as a human being. And it also 
stresses for our understanding that everything on this planet is based on duality. So when we begin to understand our breath, we can understand that there is a breath in and a breath out, and it takes both to complete the whole. That process of understanding duality extends to everything in life. It helps us begin to understand that there is a male and that there is a female, and it takes both aspects to make a complete and whole person. And I'm not talking about man and woman together. I'm talking about the divine masculine and the divine feminine aspects of energy within each person because each of us holds that dualistic part within us. So that looking at the breath as a force of dualism that forces us to see that there are two exact opposites, in and out, but it takes the unity of both to provide the whole, can be applied to everything in life. It can be applied to everything so that we stop this game of separation and we begin to make all of our choices and actions based on how can I incorporate polar aspects of duality into a unified whole and use that application for everything that we do. Discharging old blood and discharging used air are both necessary. Blood renews the possibility of creating life, and breath renews the energy of the body to sustain life. Breathing cycles and blood cycles both have merit in showing the relevance of honoring the timing and versatility of nature. If one cannot breathe out strongly and thoroughly enough to allow a proper inhale, the breathing cycle cannot function optimally. The essential exchange between carbon dioxide and oxygen is thus thwarted, and life becomes a struggle from the deepest core of our existence, our breath. This is from the book, Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. With compelling arguments for a return to honoring nature's cycles, the reader will explore dreams, creativity, spirituality, divine sexuality, and relationships, both personal and planetary. After following the historical journey that brought humanity from a matriarchal system that honored ourselves as part of nature to the current patriarchal system that continually separates us from nature, Dr. Pia Orlean offers a way to return to balance. This book can help you make better, more conscious choices to benevolently survive, prosper, and evolve through reestablishing respect of the divine feminine, which is fundamentally necessary to lead us into this timely and critical direction. What you can learn through Sacred Retreat is how feminine consciousness resides within all of us, how it's been suppressed by Lynn cultures, specific practices for regaining harmony between the genders, as well as practices for reconnecting to nature and increasing your creativity and intuition. You can learn how to turn around, look in the opposite direction, and begin to honor and support the voice of the Divine Feminine as she calls you to save yourself and your world. Find out more about Dr. Pia Orlean, as well as her astrological consultations, interstellar, interstellar communication services, as well as the book at PiaOrlean.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach? A wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support 
more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great. Have more energy. Sleep better. Gently detox. Lose unhealthy weight and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life, offers a blueprint for understanding the importance of the natural cycles that control and ultimately influence all of human life. The feminine aspects of life have been denigrated and abused by the patriarchy for too long. Such an imbalanced approach to life has removed us from our natural abilities to deeply listen to and trust our own rhythms. Without honoring our human biological cycles, we are doomed to failure as a society by continuing to make disconnected linear choices in a technologically driven patriarchal system. Sacred Retreat discusses the necessity of recognizing and honoring those natural cycles for balance and healing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if everyone recognized and could access opportunities to be creative and regenerative in their lives? For women, there is a biological four-step process that applies to creating new life or new ideas. Purify, listen, and incubate, create, and bloom. We can see this process at work in the creation of a child. All women seeking to create new ideas, projects, and circumstances may use this creative process. The same creative process is available to men as well. Although men's biological guidance has never been studied to help men understand the importance of honoring cycles of creativity. Nevertheless, Pia New Orlean is certain that men have cycles of creativity and perhaps the steps of the creative process are not so different for them either. This is from the book Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. Welcome back, Pia. Let's talk a little bit about men and women. But before we go into men and women, I'd love for you to share your view and the distinction of what the divine feminine and the divine masculine are for those individuals that are not familiar with uh, how both of those exist inside of each of us, whether we're male or female. I think the concept of gentleman, which we have not, we've lost the meaning of, offers a very good viewpoint of understanding the divine feminine at play within a, within a man. That's the concept of gentleness, of being able to listen, of nurturance, of considering the other as well as the self, that is a very good aspect of the divine feminine at play within a man. The divine masculine, on the other hand, can take charge of seeing a situation that needs someone to address an urgent situation. I need to focus on this now because this is for the survival of all, or this is necessary, or this is where my pinpoint interest needs to be applied right now. The divine masculine has a fantastic ability to go straight to the point, straight to the heart, and focus only on what is necessary. And that's a present in women as well as in men. The divine feminine is able to more easily look at the whole picture, encompass what is the highest good for all, how do I nurture, how do I support everyone in this situation. So we have both aspects at play within each of us, no matter what gender we are currently experiencing. You said one key word that was very important and to me is kind of the underlying foundation of your entire book, and it has to do with listening. Uh, When we look at cycles, when we look at divine masculine and feminine, when we look at the world, what seems to be really being called for right now is for us to listen and to listen deeply. Talk a little bit about that in terms of both healing and returning to the natural rhythm, as well as moving into the creative cycles that I read from your book as we started the segment. Well, I think listening is the heart of retreat. 
So we have to begin to go into retreat to listen, even if it's only a five-second retreat before we respond to somebody else that has said something to us. We have lost the skill of listening because we're on this productive mental projector that says, okay, somebody's speaking. I have to be speaking next. I have to prepare what I'm going to say. And in that process of being ready to say what we think is important, we don't slow down enough to fully listen to what the other is saying to us. So the first step of being on a sacred retreat is fully listening. It's pausing and eliminating all thoughts about what you want to say and fully being present and listening to what the other person is saying, whether that's a child talking about their school day or a partner talking about his day at work or whether it's a a good friend talking about a problem she's going through. A lot of times we get together with our friends and we start talking and the friend will tell us a problem. And before we have even acknowledged what she said, we will respond with, yeah, guess what happened in my life? So there's no space to really listen to what the friend might have offered and be able to come back with a supportive way to to answer. So listening is key to all of this. When we look at listening and we look at creativity, and I, I think about even how as women, and you, you talk about it in the book, that we've even gotten to the place where we've you know, stopped menstrual cycles, we've had birth control, we've created fertility to where we've made the cycle start and created pregnancy. So we've really gotten to a place where we've almost created an artificial way of living when it comes to our rhythms and cycles. That listening in creativity requires some stops and some pauses for real creativity to flourish. But yet we live in a world that is saying, get it done. You know, we've got to have this by this date. Deadline has to happen. How does an individual really begin to to tap back into that creative voice and allow themselves the pauses and the stops to, to, to listen to it, to hear it? Well, I'd take us back to the breath again. It's a simple starting point for anything that has become out of balance. I would say the minute you get handed that project with a deadline and you're automatically, you're feeling anxious and your breath starts to stop in your upper chest and you forget about everything but the project, in that moment, stop and breathe deeply Just in and out and let it flow and then respond, okay, I'll get on this right away or whatever it is you need to say to respond in the moment. But if you don't take that pause and reorient your own breath to what's coming towards you, you're going to remain in a stressful response to whatever your duties are, whatever your projects are. And we're living in a a stress-filled society right now that is based upon get it done, as you just said, all the time. So that means that our health is impacted, our relationships are impacted, everything is impacted. And what we just talked about, about slowing down to listen, this applies here too. I think whenever we are trying to break the pattern, trying to change the way we're doing things, we have to start with the breath and just slow down long enough to take a full breath in before we respond to anything. And in that full breath, we can listen to, okay, what needs to be said, what needs to be heard, all of it. But we have to at least begin to slow down our breathing. Start there. It's the point of starting for everything. Yeah, I think for most people, they've probably gone through their 20s thinking that they knew what they were doing and and allowed themselves to be wild and free and then got into their 30s and really didn't know what they were doing and probably were too wild and free. And then they got into their 40s where they figured out, well, what the heck was I doing? And now I've got to fix what I did because I was so wild (laughs) and free. And then they got to their 50s and thought, maybe now I can figure out what I'm doing because I can look back and see what I've done. Uh, and, and at that point, we kind of start moving into menopause and andropause. <laughs> so what happens then? That's not the end of life. That's not really the slowing down, and yet it is. But you write that there's a magic and an awakening that happens at menopause and andropause. It's a time of being able to recognize and appreciate everything that we've gone through and to remember that everything we did was an exercise in learning how to be better who we are, to better ourselves, to become more fluent in the language of communication, to listen better, to have richer, deeper experiences. It starts with accepting and appreciating everything we've experienced without judging it. And in that acceptance comes the space to be able to say, and maybe I'd like to do this differently now. Maybe I'd like to have some new experiences now. Because it's in accepting everywhere that we've been and everything that we've done that we can feel comfortable within ourselves enough to be able to say, and now I want to create this. 
And now I want to experience that. So actually entering into andropause and, and menopause can be the most creative time we've had in our entire lives. It's certainly a time for mentoring for others where we master the skills of listening so well that we can hear what the other is saying in the younger generation and then be able to say, well, this is what I experienced or here's my input, take it or leave it. Not forcing our opinions on anybody, being able to offer that we can help others understand how to learn to do that themselves. Beautiful. I want to thank you for being on 1111, uh, Pia, and I want to thank you for this beautiful book, Sacred Retreat. I look forward to having you back on later in the year when you and your husband come out with your next book that's going to even deepen this. So everyone needs to go out and get this one so they'll be ready for the next one. Again, it is Sacred Retreat, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. All of life is interwoven into a living system of cycles, from earth seasons to the enzymatic pathways that provide energy to a cell, waxing and waning from times of growth to times of rest, renewal, and healing. Cycles map the most auspicious time for everything in life. Both women and men have biological cycles of active growth and quiet renewal, led by our hormones. By understanding how everything in life moves in cycles, you can become more aware of and comfortable with your own cyclic nature, something that has been forgotten by the modern modern world's linear view of time. Find out more at piaorlean.com and definitely check out the book as well as her other books along with her husband, in addition to their services that offer interstellar communication, astrology, uh, and integration for astrology, whether you are in relationship wanting for your own individual personal growth or information around your children, I invite you to look up piaorlean.com. Next week, my guest is Dr. Azra Bertrand, and we are going to be talking about womb awakening. So I look forward to having you then. Until then, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.